Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. I, uh, I received an email yesterday. I've been trying to get in touch with, uh, with the gentleman who sent me the email. And uh, I was actually hoping to get him on the air uh, in this half hour, but I haven't been able to touch base with him. But I just want to read you a little bit of the email. I'm not going to be specific because I don't want to identify him until such time as I've gotten the okay to do that from him. I'll tell you this, that he was involved with law enforcement and uh, became injured and is now in a very serious state physically. And uh, he's dealing with very nasty, very difficult chronic pain. And uh, he writes in part, I heard you were talking about the opioid crisis and how it's affected actual pain sufferers. Uh, Four months ago, my doctor dropped my prescription So now I can't find a prescribing doctor because the opioid crisis has lumped me in with drug addicts. My quality of life has been reduced to the lowest of lows because of the horrible pain I suffer with. I need help. So I just received this. And I can't tell you, since we uh, last weekend spoke with Tracy Fossum, um who's an Alberta chronic pain activist, as you know, who was chased away from an emergency room when she showed up with heart attack symptoms because they knew she was a chronic pain patient and said she was drug-seeking. They chased her off. You heard her say that. And a few hours later, she was back with heart attack symptoms, with her heart attack. And then they had to treat her. And you also heard my broadcast colleague from CJOB Radio in Winnipeg, the afternoon host of CJOB, um, Hal Anderson, on on the air with us last Saturday. He has a family member in her 70s who had a terrible uh, car accident and whose spine is in serious disrepair. And she's been prescribed opioid pain medication, prescription medication, for years. And now... She's been told she has to meet with her family doctor, with her pharmacist, and with a pain consultant, somebody who acts as a pain consultant. And and she's terrified that they're going to either significantly taper her pain medication, she's in her 70s, or arbitrarily cut it off, no more. She's terrified. And you know that we spoke with a 77-year-old military veteran and retired police officer in Ontario whose doctor has been arbitrarily slashing his pain meds to the point that this veteran and retired police officer will probably not be able to next weekend walk his daughter down the aisle who's getting married because he's in too much pain. These are pain patients. These are people who for so long have been helped by their prescription pain meds. And so Richard uh, Red Lawhern, Ph.D., got in touch with me um, a couple of days ago. And uh, Red is located in the United States. He's been on this program before. And I want to talk to him for a little bit about the uh, chronic pain issue because it affects millions and millions of people in North America, over a million in this country most certainly. 
And in the United States, the CDC recently issued a clarification about the opioid guidelines it released in 2016, reminding they were never intended as a mandated approach to denying pain patients their prescription medication, which is what's happened. This is what's happened in the United States, and most certainly it's happened in this country. In the U.S., the U.S. Surgeon General has warned as well against pain patients being arbitrarily tapered and or denied their medications. The FDA, Food and Drug Administration, have issued a, a, a similar warning. And the American Academy of Family Physicians, representing some half a million doctors, is calling for an end to interference by governments and government agencies in the relationship between doctors and their patients. This while pain patients denied their medications are living in agony, and they're the ones reaching for illegal street drugs to combat their pain and, in some cases, committing suicide. You remember Julia, perhaps, who was on this program a couple of months ago, a retired surgical nurse who had tweeted out that it was unimaginable to her that she would now be going to the streets looking for a drug dealer to provide her with illegal drugs to combat her pain because her pain doctor was cutting her off. She was on this program and she said, as you may well remember, what she wrote in the tweet was either that or suicide. Richard Red Lawhern joins me on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Red, is what I've said true? Yes, absolutely. And I'm, uh, I'm seeing that down in our part of the world and in yours. And I'm talking with Canadian patients about it all the time. So why is this issue of chronic pain patients not getting the attention that it deserves? Why are pain patients uh, in desperation trying to just avoid placing themselves into a situation where their doctors might somehow feel threatened by their presence and cut them off? Pain patients are not only in pain, they're in fear. Why? Absolutely. And as I uh, mentioned when I was addressing our uh, Department of Health and Human Services Task Force on Pain Management just a few weeks ago, over half of this problem is arbitrary, unsupported, and unscientific persecution of doctors by our d drug enforcement uh, agency, drug enforcement authority. The DEA is single-handedly responsible for killing hundreds of patients, driving hundreds of doctors out of practice by what amounts to persecution, not prosecution. Well, explain that now. Well, we, explain, explain that now. When you yeah. say they're, they're responsible, and I read something in one of your in your email to me about, uh, and I wanted to ask you about this: patients being terrorized at gunpoint. Is that happening? It's happened in a, in a couple of rare instances, but they're being terrorized by, and it's doctors that are being terrorized by by no knock SWAT team invasions of their offices, confiscating their records terrorizing by, by putting 30 or 40 uh, officers in a, in a uh, doctor's office. And then, here's the interesting item, before anybody even dreams of going to court, these guys will prominently announce that the doctor is being investigated by the DEA for overprescribing or other practices. And when that announcement goes out, that doctor's practice is dead. It is a deliberate tactic to force doctors to sign consent decrees, whether they're guilty or not. And the DEA is doing it on a very regular basis all across the U.S. They have decided that they're going to become the ultimate arbitrators or arbiters of whether or not a, a doctor's practice is 
legitimate or not, or is appropriate or not medically. And that's one of the very important things. What is their what is what is their what is their success rate? The DEA success rate in obtaining convictions. If they're going to go and t- seize records and and essentially put family doctors or doctors out of business, eventually it's going to go to court. What's their success rate? What's their conviction success rate? I can't tell you what the conviction stats are. I can tell you that when they're challenged on this sort of thing, what they basically say is, well, there's only been a few hundred doctors or something over 100 doctors in a year that have been uh, challenged on this basis. But what they are absolutely refusing to come to terms with is that for every doctor who is actually challenged, 10 doctors or more will leave practice or strand their patients. And they disclaim any responsibility for that. I've heard. I mean, the I've DEA heard that. I've, I've heard that. I've, I've talked to doctors who said to me, uh, who said to me off the air. They won't go on the air and say it. Although when we first start talking about it, doctors were a little more willing to uh, to speak to it. But they've they've said to me off the air, uh, I, I can't risk my license, and so they don't prescribe. I'm working. I'm working even now with a a physician in California. Who is, ha- who is being uh, pursued by the California Medical Board on grounds of overprescribing, even though they refuse to define to her what it is. That is, it is a, it's a Gestapo technique. Well, let me, I don't, I don't like the, no, I don't like Nazi references, Red, but let, let's, 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 let's ask this, let me ask you this question. How many chronic pain patients are there in the United States? Do we know, roughly? The estimate is, uh, from the National Academies of Medicine are that over 100 million Americans deal with pain during even, any given year, and between 20 and 40 million of those people deal with high-impact pain on an ongoing basis every week. And these are the people uh, within that group. Significant numbers have been receiving, have been prescribed opiate pain medication for significant periods of time, and they're the ones who are being victimized now, right? Right, but here's the here's the, here's a little wrinkle. About 20 million people in any given year will receive an opioid prescription, mm-hmm. but of that number, only about three million will will be continuously prescribed opioids for periods exceeding 120 days. So they're the ones that stick up uh, high in in the uh, if you will in in the statistics. But three million people who are dealing with high impact pain and who are at risk of being denied opioid medications are three million potential suicides. And we're already seeing hundreds of suicides documented. I've talked to, and, a, I've talked to a doctor who told me that uh, just, um, just observationally, they, he feels that there have been suicides that have to do with, with, with pain medication denial. But I go back to this email that I received uh, yesterday and 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 here's somebody who was in law enforcement. I'm not going to name the man. I'm not going to be specific until I can get into, you know, I can talk to him and get the okay. But I can read this again. Uh, four months ago, my doctor dropped my prescription. So now I can't find a prescribing doctor because the opioid crisis has lumped me in with drug addicts. My quality of life has been reduced to the lowest of lows because of the horrible pain I suffer with. I need help. And I see letters just like that one and postings in social media just like that one literally every day. I know you do. I know you do. So, and I I don't mean to be, you know, over the top about this, but let me give you some examples. Now, these are paraphrases. 
My doctor forced me to taper down opioid therapy below a level that has given me relief from pain and good quality of life for years. Now I am totally disabled and in constant pain. Another quote. My doctor's practice says they will no longer prescribe opioids to anyone, but no other pain center in our area is taking new patients. And here's the one that really makes me grip my teeth. My doctor wants me to take Tylenol and learn to meditate. Yeah, I've heard that before. I can't take much more of this. I think what we're facing is a, a mounting crisis, and I see only one reasonable outcome for it, or, excuse me, one reasonable way to fix it. Yeah. Uh, I think we're in the middle of the crisis. I don't think it's looming. I think it's here. I think it's here, and it's very well, evident. Uh, and, you know, we have people who are afraid. When I, when I listen to my colleague, Al Anderson, last Saturday, talking about his family member in her 70s, worried now that her pain medications, her opioid pain medications, might be arbitrarily tapered or completely withdrawn. Uh, Why is somebody who is, uh, you know, advanced in years and, and facing such a considerable difficulty, why does that person have to be afraid now? Why does that person have to be afraid of losing the medication that has helped her have some quality of life? Why? Well, we're dealing with a massive medical fad, and that's a hard one to get your arms around, but let me try. There is a story out there that Johnny goes to the dentist for a tooth extraction and comes home with a bottle of of, uh, opioid pills, and he likes the way they feel, and, and a week or two later he goes looking for some more, and a year from now he's dead of overdose. That mythology, and it is just that, has become a guiding principle of almost all public policy on the regulation of opioids. And it certainly is a guiding principle on what the DEA is mounting as a witch hunt. The bottom line, though, is that that is an absolute, provable, false narrative. It's wrong. It's not only wrong, it's desperately wrong. Okay, Red, hold on. I have to to take a break. Hold on. I'll come back to you. Richard Red Lawhern, Ph.D., he is... uh, Yes, family members who are living with chronic pain. I decided I want to talk to uh, to Red after getting his email and then seeing the email from my listener yesterday and our conversations last weekend. They just continue. I mean, I could come in here every weekend and read you email after email after email from chronic pain patients in desperation because what they have been prescribed and what has provided some quality of life is being withdrawn. And I keep inviting the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario because they're the ones who are going to make their president available to come and discuss this. They're the ones who withdrew that uh, that offer. And uh, each time I've asked since, nope, 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 can't do it. Can't do it. Let me go back to, in the minutes we have left, to Richard Red Lawhorn, Ph.D., uh, in, the United, in the United States. He's very, very active in uh, supporting and, uh, and, and I don't want to use the word lobbying, but making the case for chronic pain patients. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing, Richard. Yeah, if I may, um, if we go away from the program with nothing else, there's something really essential. I've mentioned the medical fad. I've also mentioned, I think you're aware of this as background, I do a lot of work with CDC data, with the actual publishing data, published data that CDC has put out for the last 20 years. 
on prescribing rates and opioid mortality and uh, demographics. That's basically studying who gets uh, opioids and how much. And here's an interesting stat. Uh, seniors get prescribed opioids about two to three times more often than people under the age of 25. Interestingly enough, even though their prescri prescription rates are high, seniors have the lowest rate of opioid-related overdose death of any age group. And it's been stable for 20 years. On the other hand, young people under the age of 25 have skyrocketed in their opioid-related uh, overdose statistics for the last 20 years, and they are—they now have overdose rates, excuse me, overdose death rates six times higher than seniors. If prescribing was really our problem, that is not the picture we would see. Moreover, if you compare on a state, a U.S. state-by-state -state basis, the data on doctor prescriptions per hundred population versus overdose rates of all kinds from all sources. What you find out is that you get a scatter pattern where there are no trend lines of any serious nature and no correlation. Literally, in my work, and the work is now published and out there and beginning to circulate, I've demonstrated with a couple of colleagues that there is no relationship between doctor prescribing of opioids at any dose level versus mortality. It isn't there. The contribution of medical opioids is so small that it is lost in the noise of street drugs. And all of, of present government policy and public policy on this issue is basically wrong because it's founded on the assumption that doctors overprescribing caused the problem. They didn't in the first place. They're not sustaining it now, and we know that beyond any reasonable contradiction. And, and if that there's, is something and, that your coll medical colleges yeah. need to embrace and accept. What we'll do is, if uh, anyone in the medical profession wishes to challenge uh, Richard Lawhern on what he's just said, I'll arrange for that on the air. And, uh, Red, thank you for what you do for the patients. I know your wife and your daughter are also pain patients. You're an amazing guy. You do a lot of great work for pain patients. And, um, yeah, thanks very much for what you do for everybody. You're very welcome. I've got to run. i got to run, my friend. Thank you very much. Richard Red Lawhern, Ph.D. You'll find him on uh, Twitter, on, on Facebook, and uh, all over social media. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.